Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me. Swivel hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. So let's go back to May 12, 2007. Alex Cora is hitting 432. 432. Meanwhile, Dustin Droya, not so much. Not doing well. Struggled that fir- entire first month as a starting second baseman in the major leagues. But right around this time, Pedroia was getting hot. Cora was you, you saying, okay, Pedroia, you can be the second baseman. I'm hitting 432. Uh, I know my role, all of that. You know the story. You know how it ended up. Rookie of the year, MVP the next year, so forth and so on. Well, ultimately, these guys became probably best friends in baseball. As we know now, they're landed here with the Red Sox. One is a player. One is the manager. And I really was interested in getting them together. Now, I've known them. I covered that team back in 2007. I covered both of those guys for a while when they were the Red Sox. But I wanted to get them together because we've heard Cora talk about Pedroia and Pedroia talk about Cora, but not the two of them in the same room. Re- revisiting when it all started, which was really back in 2006. But I thought it was a worthwhile um, adventure, worthwhile exercise to get them in the same room and sort of give their perspective. And you know how it always is. I mean, it's always better when they're talking to each other instead of being interviewed by me. And then on top of it, we followed up with Mike Lowell. Mike Lowell, who was right in the middle of that, basically – it was Cora, Pedroia, and Lowell. That was the, the posse back then when we, they were trying to get Pedroia to be go from the pudgy guy who couldn't really hit much in 2006 to, like I said, the guy that he ultimately became the next couple of years. And as you hear, and you're going to hear in this podcast, both those guys, Cora and Lowell, had huge, huge, huge impact on the second baseman as he uh, started his major league career. But more so than anything, it's, it's about the relationships and how the relationships landed them here. And is it bizarre at all? I mean, I, I remember, you know, these guys were teammates just a few years ago. Now one is answering to the other. And I want to reiterate this. This isn't just interviewing Pedroia about Cora. And it isn't about interviewing Cora about Pedroia. And it isn't just Lowell talking about Fidel Castro. None of it. Like, this is... Talking about where all of that started, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good podcast. So you you be the judge. Also, leave a comment. Leave a comment on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. We got it rolling now, so I appreciate all the support. But once again, I think this is a pretty good one. So you tell me. It's been eleven years since these two were on the Bradfoe show. 
And uh, but we've made we've if nothing else if nothing else happened this off season we've made this happen. Alex Core and Dustin Pedroia. Um, this is I don't care that Alex Core is the manager. I don't care that Dustin Pedroia is still playing. Back in 2007, I said I have to get to this point where I can sit in an office at JetBlue Park, which wasn't even made yet, and say. I can do a podcast, which I had no idea what a podcast was, and talk to these two again. So uh, thank you for making my dream come true. You got it. You, you got, got it. it. I love your voice. Like, you get so deep now, you know, the Bradford show. I like that. <laughs> what? It's, my, it's my podcast voice. <laughs> oh, I can tell. <laughs> so what do you, how is my, how, my voice is no different. It seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> It, uh, it's a little fake tough. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. I'm real tough. Like Vision, kind of like TV reporter. When I started it. Bienvenidos a Vision. All right. So when you guys uh, let's go back. This let's go back in the time machine. Let's go back in the time machine to 2007, uh, 2008. Yeah. You know, I hear all your. Yeah. Oh, I knew that Alex was going to be a manager and he's managed me and he was managing me back when I was a player. And I knew that Dustin Pedroia was going to play to, to now. And I knew he was going to win the MVP because I, I made him into the MVP. Ozzy Guillen made him the MVP that year. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, you, he was sick against the White Sox and Pity went like 10 for 15, hitting third. No, fourth. he hit fourth. Yeah. I hit behind David. David hit, yeah, he hit behind David and he's like, uh, he, call, he started calling him the, the leader horse, El Caballito. Yes. After a game, he, I mean, everybody knows about Dustin because of Ozzy that, that he Absolutely. killed him. You killed the White Sox. Yeah. yeah. Ozzy hooked me up. Yeah. The wizard. The wizard. <laughs> it's weird because I was going to say, Ozzy can took the second most credit for your success in 2007 after the guy sitting here. Right? Ozzy again? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you basically, you, you made this guy. Yeah. Nah, I yeah. help I help him. I push him. I was the offensive threat of the tandem. Here's a reality to this. Here's a reality to this. You're hitting 400, right? 438. Yeah. With three bombs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Laser show. And, and he gets the day off before he has to face Johan Santana. That's a good memory. Two days off. Two days off. Two days he yeah. was waving the camera. I remember I hit I hit for Alex against uh, Reinsma. Reinsma, yeah. The in, at Fenway in like the ninth inning, we were we were blowing him up. Tomorrow? No, it was Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Seattle. And I, the whole week, he said, "Hey, you guys start hitting the ball to right field. You have to. I have to. You have to hit the ball." There. So he threw me a split, and I. I kind of knifed one the other way. Oh, Reedsman, the tall guy. Yeah, yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh, Chris Reedsman. Yeah. He came. He came. Listen to that. MVP, rookie of the year. Yeah. He came up for me in a blowout. Yeah. You know? and I, I need a rest. I, need a, I knifed the ball the other way. Yeah. And then after the game, you know, I'm all excited. I got a hit. And Brad Mills goes, hey, you're playing tomorrow. Let's effing go. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I looked at the stat sheet, who's pitching, and I'm like, sweet, Johan Santana's Johan. pitching. Thanks, Milzy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I, you know, I was ready, and it was. that was the time. I remember Mags. I remember Mags, like, we took those two days, and we figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. No, but he, Minnesota and then Toronto. Yeah, yeah, I hit my first home run in Toronto. He got yeah, but he was no, one, yeah, well, you hit yeah. it the previous year. Yeah, but first that year. Uh, how about that that home run? He he comes into the dugout. He goes, 
Yeah. It was AJ Burnett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 95 coming in, then 95 go out. And Trod friggin' went nuts. He loved Shut it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> but, but I was going to say, during the, I think it was April 22nd, I wrote it down in my journal, Alex Cora says he should be playing all the time over out Dustin Bedroya for the rest of the year. I said that? No, I don't know. I did not say that. I never said that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but you, I mean, you stuck. What was your contract? It Was was it two years or were you one, one year? Yeah, yeah, two years. Two years. So through 2000, because you left after 2000. Yeah, two years, yeah. 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 But there must have been a little, like, I'm hitting 400. Like... Uh, I was thinking more about say we were in the infield. I mean, actually, at shortstop, you know, Julio. Julio was doing a good job. But, oh, you know, kind of you were the only defensive replacement at shortstop in the history of baseball. <laughs> nah, there's more. <laughs> Don't say that. But I, I was like thinking more about you know, I'll get a bat second, but and I get a bat a bat so short. You know, like mm. he was. I mean, he was playing his ass off at second defensively. You knew he was going to be good. Yeah, I mean, confidence. Sometimes we, me and Mikey, were like, listen to this guy. <laughs> He's freaking nuts. Yeah, but, but, you know, like, oh, the laser show. You know, he, he'll he'll stand up and he'll tell everybody, I'm going to hit. And it, he did. It's different, though, in 2006. Uh, yeah, 2006 when you were chirping, right? Were you like, I didn't really say much. Nah, that was a different team. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah we I, did, I, I wasn't we in big we league bad, training. Huh? We were yeah. bad. Huh? Uh, Everyone got hurt. Yeah, were, I got called were, up right after we got. Was Javi there? Swept, Javi oh. We got swept five games by the Yankees at home, and then oh. we went to Anna. I got called up the next. Javi was there because uh, Jason. Yeah. Jason got hurt, so yeah. Javi Lopez was yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, we suck. Do you guys remember when you first met? Um, Anaheim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anaheim. Huh? Yeah. When he got called up. And what was, I mean, because was that, two, that was 2006. Oh, six, yeah. Right. So, you know, you were a little pudgy back then. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you're like. Like me now. <laughs> no, he always, it didn't matter who the player was or what position. He always treated everybody with respect and, mm, and yeah. he wanted everybody to be good. Yeah. His goal was to win. Yeah. You know, and that's that's so how what, you do so it. So what did you see? When did you realize that? You no, know, that year people talk about his average, but. Which was 2006? Yeah, yeah, but if you go to batting average and balls in plays, yeah. it was probably like 099. Yeah. He was hitting missiles. Yeah, I struck out twice. You didn't you line, like, like dry, you hit a line drive for a double play in Anaheim, I think it was. My first at bat. Yeah, it was, you see? I was, yeah, you see? You're, you're, you're surprised. And, and I did that. it. I hit it up the middle, and Orlando Cabrera was trying to back pick with the bases loaded at second. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was moving, and I hit a line drive right to him right. and caught it, stepped on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I told, I remember I come in, I'm like, I can never get a hit in the big leagues because yeah. that's my best ball. But he ain't a missile. You see, I remember. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's, 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 like it's pretty good. Dude. I mean, I remember stupid stuff. Well, I, I, if, you, if you say so. No, I do. I do. Listen, I do. put the Univision voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, there's a whole year of it. Get, get used to it. Did I, I didn't have that um, voice in 2007. Uh, 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 no, you can't I don't know how many times we're going to do this. No, yeah, I, no I'm, not, I'm not saying we do it. I'm just talking about asking questions. Okay. Oh, Alex, you know. Uh, so 2007 uh, rolls around, mm-hmm. and and you go through spring training, and you're basically the starting short, the starting second baseman. Mm, you have Lugo. No, 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 not necessarily. They, they, they actually, we have we have individual meetings, and they map it out. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know, you know, I don't know what they told him, but I can tell you what they they told me is like he he's gonna play, you know, he's gonna play, but it's gonna take him a while to get adjusted to the big league level. Mm-hmm. You know, Theo was, you know, he's like, these are best fastball hitter, you know. And he, he said that right out of the game. He told me that. Yeah. You know, we we have individual meetings. Tito, 
uh, I think Jed was in and, 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 and Theo, and he's going to hit. He's our best fastball hitter. It's going to take him a while. In the beginning, he'll play a few, you'll play a few, but when he goes, it's go time. And they were right. Yeah, and my meeting was, this is serious. He goes, it's good. they said, You're, it's going to take time for you to figure it out. Do whatever Alex and Mikey, follow them. At Learn the beginning how, of spring training, they said. Yeah, right, the first day. Really? They said, you're going you're gonna to take your lumps at the beginning. We want you to play defense. Don't make mistakes on the bases. Understand your role with this team, but learn. Learn from them, and then your ability will come out, and you'll be the player we want. What was the first thing do you remember? Like, what was the? Because obviously, Alex probably gave you a lot of advice. But I just did. Every, I follow. I mirrored him. Double yeah. plays were big. We oh about yeah, he helped. He I think that taught me how to turn a double because I played shortstop my yeah. whole life, and he. We I mean, talk about we were out there. Yeah, right I think away. that was the best. You'll remember that we talked about. Drew the circle around the base. Yeah, and. Did everything together. I followed every move he made. And so when you're going through that first month where you hit four, whatever, 430, we'll look that up. Um, you can. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to. Stupid facts. <laughs> um, when, when he's going through that, that first month, like, what, seriously, like, what was your feeling? Did you feel bad for him? Did you think, oh, this might no. be a chance? <clears throat> we, we, we started off well, huh? We, uh, yeah, we were in first place, we were first place games, right yeah. away, yeah. And one thing that... that got our attention not only me and mikey you know we get a lot of credit for him but not not i mean a lot of people help you know but he was playing great defense he you know and he's a bats they weren't bad you know he was fighting he was taking pitches following up pitches but he was trying to hit the ball way way over the monster to hotel commonwealth all the way over there but uh we were we were i mean we were happy that he was doing what he was supposed to do defensively in an eighth, ninth, whatever. He was doing great, so uh, we we knew he was going to be a good, good player, you know. But he he knew he was going to be great a player, you know, and uh, he had confidence, and we loved that. So when did you, you know you say? I remember we were talking this off season. You said you know Alex always told me what to do. Alex was always managing me. When did it? You probably don't think of this as a 23-year-old, but when did you start to think, okay, this guy, like, he knows more baseball? And the same thing with Mike. Well, because our manager at the time told me to, that. He goes, yeah. hey, he could he could do what I do. He can do my job. So we, that's a luxury that our team has, that these guys are here. So, And for our manager to put trust in a player and saying, hey, these guys are, you know, they can manage right now. I have to learn from them because you, you can't always learn from the manager. He's got to he's got to be everywhere, you know. So to have a player, yeah. So to have to have uh, especially infielders. That's which was huge. Like our, you know, it's all infield. You know, that's the people you're with the most. And for those two guys to be around me every minute of the day, you know, they just start building. You know, and that that was that was it. You think about that team. Cashy was there, huh? Cashy, yep. manager. Mm-hmm. Hinsky is the coach for the yep. Angels. Uh, Mike, he can, he can manage. Uh, right? After that press conference he's doing right now, probably, I guess. Snides the AAA pitching. Snides is the pitching coach. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, he's... Bobby Kelty's the manager. And, no, 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 no he's at home or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was a, 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 I mean, a smart baseball team, and we care about each other. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we talk the game, something that... Throughout the years, you know, people don't do that often. You know, now they don't sit there and just talk, or they. That's all. That's all we did. Yeah, we more so than any other team that you've been on. 
Yeah, when we I'm got probably on, thirteen. Yeah, I mean. thirteen was similar. When we got on the plane in two thousand seven, we talked about all baseball. We talk about don't be afraid of flying. Yeah, that was a good lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. If we die, we die. If we die, we die. So it's over. I, you talk about memories. That memories that I have. I remember sitting. You used to come out a lot more than you do. You used to come out like three o'clock. I mean, you too. You take the ground balls at like three o'clock or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. And and you guys were sitting there, and you just said. Uh, you turn to him and he's like, is it like this fun like all the time, like everywhere? Is it this? And, and you were honestly like, no, 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 no. I think <laughs> you found that out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's other places that they can be. I answer that one for you. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. No, I mean, he's gone through since that. Every time something, some crap comes up, I think about that moment, yeah, like how absolutely. naive you were. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, so how has this been? Is it like when you walked in? Is it weird? Is it a little, a little strange? No, 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 no. Oh. We're both trying to accomplish the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it's strange that you know the the strangest thing out of the whole thing is like you got your own own locker, you know, so you like away from everybody. You That's mean your office? Yeah, my office. It's yeah. kind of like ugh. Yeah. yeah. What like what do you going? We were doing it for a week, but what's what is it like? You said Frank Cohen said he could do what I do. What already? You're gonna come across this all the time that I didn't know this. I didn't know. Is there anything this week, week and a half that you're like, oh, I didn't realize it was gonna be like this? Is the days are longer than expected? Yeah. Then this is different than where I was working last year. Really? I knew that, but yeah. I forgot. I really forgot about it. You know, and like. Being here right now with you, it's taking time. I know. Also. I apologize. Yeah, you know stuff like that. I, I'm gonna let you go. That was a hint. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you. I, thanks for making my dream trick come true. Okay, so. All right, Rob. 2007. We just talked about it with uh, with Alex and Dustin, and surprise, surprise, they were very complimentary of you, Mike Lowell. By the way, welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, very complimentary of you. I'll ask the what I asked Alex. Or I actually asked Dustin. But what is the what is your first memory of Dustin? He came up in two thousand six, a pudgy kid, talking some crap and everything else. What what's your first memory of him? Well, for me, it was a little bit earlier than that. It was my first spring training with the Red Sox, which was you know the 06 spring training, and I saw Dustin on the field, and um, yeah, he was a little overweight. And, uh, you know, you start asking around, who's this kid? And he goes, oh, this was the second rounder of, I don't know, 03 or 04, whatever it was. And I said, wow, since when did the Red Sox draft short fat kids so high? So, uh, but then, you know, as you see him work, and, and he struggled, you know, in his call-up in September. But he did have a knack for barreling up the ball, you know. And then, you know, the work ethic you appreciate. And um, I think it was pretty cool to see how close he really was to basically being sent down to triple a in oh, yeah. april you know i think it was probably oh, a game yeah oh yeah in april of 2007 yeah we're fast forwarding a little um he's probably two games away from being sent down well we talked about that the he gets to may he takes two days off he has to face johan santana yeah, a, right. and he goes like then seven for eight or something right he yeah goes, and he, he just crazy. takes off from there and you know you if you look at the our lineup how it was kind of constructed for, you know, the second half in the playoffs. I know Jacoby was outstanding at the end, and we hit him ninth, but he was kind of that, you know, uh, jolt of energy. Mm-hmm. We needed a leadoff guy to complement Uke 
Dave and Manny, myself and JD, you know, because we felt like our middle could compete with anyone. But the way Dustin really was from May through September in the postseason, I just think rounded out our lineup and then we became, you know, not only because he basically hit ninth and then he takes over the leadoff spot a little later in the year. And it was just like, oh, wow, because now we can round out when your bottom three are Veritek, Coco, Chris, Julio Lugo or Veritek, Lugo, Jacoby. Mm. I mean, that's pretty solid. You know what I mean? So I, I think the way he came on and how he could set the table was huge for us to just be in a lineup where we felt like the pitcher just couldn't relax. You know, could, could you see? Could you see? Because a big part of that, and we talked about this as well, the April where Alex City hit four thirty-eight. Eh, I don't know about that. I'll give him four hundred. But could you see that unfolding? Like that? That like going back to that spring training? He told uh, Francona said, "Follow around you and Alex." Can you see that sort of dynamic unfolding where this is these are the you guys are the mentors and this kid is going to get it? I'd be lying if I said yes. Were you like you were just still like saying I wasn't skeptical. I just you know when so going into 07, you know, I had 8 years in the big leagues and and you see a lot of guys that wow you in spring training and you're like, "Oh my god, this guy is going to be a big leaguer that's going to make an impact." And then the game turns on, and all of a sudden, it's not 65-mile-an-hour batting practice down the middle. you got, you know, sliders and splits and change-ups and curveballs, you know, going at you. So a lot of guys, you know, it weeds out the guys that can't make the adjustment once the game starts. So you're hopeful because you saw glimpses of it in spring training, but to say that he was going to be hitting a buck 30 and then turn into the rookie of the year, man, if you could see that, you're a much better talent evaluator than I am. You know, you could see that once he got going, like for me, the thing that impressed me at a young age for him, his rookie year was that he handled tough pitching. Well, like it wasn't like, uh, he'd get the big games off the number five starter, but he was an 0 for four whenever you face the ace, you know, no, he got equally big games against tough pitching. So that's where, when you see that adjustment and that execution, then I think you get to the point where you're like, oh, wow, this guy, you know, is a guy that's going to really help us out. Was he, when did you guys become tight? Like, I remember, you know, like obviously covering that team, you know, Pedroia's always had sort of his group, right? That was, but that was his first group, you guys, you and, and Alex. When did you guys sort of evolve into that? I don't know the exact, I don't know. I don't know. I would say probably. Probably Mayish, you know, around the time where I think he felt more comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure he didn't sleep very well at night. You know, mm-hmm. you feel like you have your opportunity, and you know, when you're hitting under 200, you feel like you're not taking advantage of that opportunity. But when things kind of were cruising, I don't know. From a personality standpoint, I I don't know. I gravitate towards guys that I think look at the game the way I do. And, you know, Mike Redmond was one of those guys with the Marlins. And Alex Cora is one of those guys when I was with the Red Sox. And it, it wasn't just those two. You know, there were a lot of guys. And and Dustin, I just appreciated that he loved being at the park to play baseball. Hmm. You know? And I said, yeah, you got it easy. You had no kids yet. You know, wait till you have kids. But Cora was the same way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and, that, yeah. and that's why it, he falls into that same category. So, for me... It, it wasn't hard to, you know, we had a lot of the same likes, you know, we like to play cards, you know, we had the same taste in movies, so it, it was easy to, you know, hang out with someone like that, but, you know, on that team, you know, 
David was one of those guys, you know, for me. You know, Josh, I got along with Josh. I know sometimes, you know, Josh is a different personality. With me, he was good, you know, so I I try to treat people the way I feel like they've treated sure. me. So it, I really enjoyed that team. We, we, were, we were a close team despite, I think, a lot of different times in your career, a lot of different, you know, superstars, rookies, you know, American guys, Latin guys, you know, Dice K and Okajima, you know. We, we were a pretty diverse group that ended up, you know, Julian really Tavares. enjoying each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Julian Tamaris is in his own, yes. his own category. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you I know? said. So it was fun. It was easy. You know, I, I, I don't really go to a team in spring training and be like, oh, I'm going to hang out with this guy, this guy, this guy. It kind of just, I don't know, it just evolves. When, when you tell so switching to Alex... You know, how long have you known him for? Since college, heck, I've known Alex you, you since played 90, against, you yeah, played since '93. Right. Yeah. But did you know him well in college? No, or? no. I mean, just you know, we, you know, FIU played the University of Miami right. a couple times. When's a year, the first but, time you like hung out with him? Oh, in Boston as teammates. Oh, that was that. Yeah, was the yeah. First time. I mean, we we were cordial. You know, when he was with the Dodgers and we play against each other. You know, it's it's hello because you know we have the Miami ties and all that, but. Never like going out to eat. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, I mean, him being a West Coast, you know, West yeah, Coast, yeah, yeah. it's a little, little tough. But um, yeah, it was. It was '06. When, it was '06. When? Um, when did you? This is a, such a stupid question, but I'm gonna ask anyway. The whole like, when did you know he was gonna be a manager? You know, when did you? But you know, this is because you go back to Cora. When you hit 220, and you're sm- perceived as a smart baseball player. It's people like you're going to be a manager the next day. If you a lot of times, if you hit three thirty, like oh, yeah, you no. might be just as smart, and people don't say right, you're right, be right. But you know that you know that was the sort of the narrative with him for a well, while. Well, I I think I think when people feel like you maximize the the talent you've been given, then you might be a good manager in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, Alex. Without going into too much detail, when he addressed the team this morning, I'll give you one bit. He said he was very proud of the fact that he played 13 years in the big leagues for a guy that had below average speed and below average power. Mm-hmm. To survive 13 years in the big leagues means you brought something to the table. Now, he was exceptional defensively. Mm-hmm. He had a way above average arm. But just that doesn't keep you in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's something he should be proud of. And I don't know. I, I don't know when you say, oh, this guy's a future big leaguer. I just knew he communicated well with a lot of teammates I did feel like he was always prepared as a player and I felt like he held other people accountable to be prepared as well mm-hmm. is that what makes a good manager okay yeah if it does then I guess yeah you're but I, I never saw him as like because I don't know if he even wanted to manage you know afterwards well, when well, you hear him you know he well, says he, he did so you talked this go last five years whatever since he retired right you talked to him I've talked to him and I remember being like, he was like, want the Walt Weiss, Robin Ventura. Oh, no, when he's done playing, I knew for sure. I'm that, saying. But no, but he did not want to do the, the like, I'm going to ride the buses sort of thing. It was a, it was a risk, you know, it's, it was a risk. I, I, think I think it's a little different. I think if this was 15 years ago, it almost was like you had to go through that path to almost, you know, learn how to manage. I think the game's evolved a little bit where, you know, you have an analytics department. You have pitching coaches and hitting coaches that hopefully you can delegate those responsibilities to those guys. And I think a guy who's been in the big leagues for 13 years has basically seen 
almost everything that he needs to then be a manager. Mm-hmm. So I look at, you know, what other qualities. Like, it's not like he's going to see a new type of bunt or hitting style just pop out in double A, and that's why he's got to ride the bus. So I, I'm along those sides now. Does he have to handle personalities and all that? And Yeah, and I think when he was in Puerto Rico and handled winter ball, people think winter ball is a joke, but you got GMs telling you how to use your guys. you got agents telling you what you can and cannot do. So you have mm-hmm. to manipulate a lot of situations, and I think that helped him. Being a bench coach obviously helps helped him. Yeah, I think that was a lot. Of course, yeah, you know, and and also what he learned. You know, I didn't know this. I was I was playing basically every year of my career till my last year, but he told me he'd you know pick Nilsie's brain every once in a while, and uh, so yeah, he wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get a lot of information. You say, "Ooh, wow, this is something that's not for me." Yeah. But I think it actually excited him, and, and it was something that was for him a lot more. Last question. You've been out here for the last couple of days. Seeing him, seeing Alex do his thing, right? It's, it, it seems like he's run, you know running around and doing it. He's going to get this. I mean, you can't figure everything out right away. But is there anything, just stepping back and witnessing him, that like, oh, wow, that's... I didn't expect that, Alex Cora, manager. No, and, and the fact that I it hasn't been something I didn't expect, I think, is a compliment because he he's himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's upbeat. He's not afraid to go up to players. He's not afraid to go up to staff. Um, he's going to make his point, and he's in a position where you're you going to have to listen to his point, at least for the on-field staff, mm-hmm. you know. So um, the fact that the Alex Cora that – would talk to me on the phone before he was a bench coach. And then when we talk when he's a bench coach, and then when we talk when he was named manager, is the same guy. I I think that's, you know, he's not trying to be something everyone wants him to be. And and I think when you're comfortable in your own skin, I think that's the first good step to being successful because this is, you know, he, he might have entered the toughest baseball market. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. And I think he's up for the challenge. All right. Good job. Good work. Good work. 12 minutes. Yeah, good job. All right. Thank you, Mike. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.